Ooh, yeah! Killer Pop from Outer Space presents War Games. Again, the spare bedroom studios in frigid Phoenixville, PA. It's coming out now. Yeah, it's like 50. But do you know? It's going to rain. No more snow. Just lots of flooding. Yeah. But uh, get rid of that snow. It's Killer Pod from Outer Space. By the way, I'm Jeff. With me, as always, my co host, Vinny. What a fucked up, just all over the place opening that was. Good evening, everybody. Welcome. Producer. How are you living? I'm here. All right. It's good enough. All that light will talk out of my brain. Yeah, died. they went without me. Damn you all. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a good day. Very yeah. productive. Very day. productive. We got, of, we got a lot of purchases. Groceries. We got hit up the home goods. Got a bunch of stuff in there. Marshalls. Got Ta- some pillows. Told Jeff, told Jeff about proper pillows. He was buying $2 Walmart pillows. I yeah. love $2 Walmart no. pillows. No, no, no. You, you I shouldn't. Showed him, I showed them the way. I was like, you got to get these with the extra. You... Since you since you've been with Steph, you are so bougie now, man. Come on. No, no, I've always been you. a pillow what connoisseur. A connoisseur. Um, we found a delicious new uh, Korean fried chicken and ramen place. Oh, that was yummy. Good day, good day over here. So feeling good, I yeah. take it, eh? Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. What's new? Uh, I've been washing some stuff. Yeah, you got furniture now. That's Reading exciting. Some stuff. Laying on sofas, not sitting in camping chairs. What have you watched? I watch. You want to get right into it? What do we usually do first? I don't know. Segments and stuff. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> well, let's at least do beer first. What are we drinking tonight? We are drinking. Another great stop today. Oh, so, yeah. I forgot about that. A, um, a surprise to us. So this this brewery, Stolen Sun Brewing, um, they are out of Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Been around for, what, a couple of years now? Two? Yeah, two, three, maybe. So... Always enjoyed the spot. Good beers. They're uh, they're a brewery and a coffee roaster. Delicious coffee. Really well done. Um, they import different beans and blend them all roasted in house. Um, really well well done stuff. And then they have the added benefit of using that said coffee to make some pretty cool coffee beers. Now, on our way to our all these stops we just talked about, we drove by Stolen Sun and realized they bought. The big gym that was attached to their building, and now they're huge. I was so proud of them. They have a huge dining room. They expanded the coffee roasting area into the dining room, so now you get to like see the guys doing their thing and enjoy all the great um, coffee roasting smells. It uh, it looks great. Anyway, stopped in there for a four pack for tonight's recording. So we will be enjoying Stolen Sun Brewing's Voice of Reason, which is a as they describe a somewhat hazy. But mostly lucid double IPA. Let's see what it's all about. Why is this on and not the Sixers? The Sixers will be on momentarily. All right. What do you think? Not bad. Not not a lot going on with it. It's good. I mean, it's it's, um, it's smooth for sure. Very There's not smooth, very not, orange juice. Yeah, and I was gonna say not a lot of pop, which is uh, what I was expecting for a, a dipper. I mean, sometimes uh, it it definitely has that. Uh, a double IPA pop a little bit. I thought you meant like 
We've been getting into some big hot bombs lately. Yeah, maybe that's why. I mean, that's just what I was expecting. This one's... Um, You're the beer guy. I just drink them. This is nice, though. I'm going to probably drink this rather quickly. It's nice. All right, relax, relax. Got a lot of show to get through. All right, so... Um, yeah, it was a good pick. Good pickup. Um, beers have been solid lately. Have we had a beer that we were just like, hey, we haven't hit that. On the show? Yeah. Well, no, I, I only bring the big guns. Wow. Did you know about this one? About this specific specific yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. stolen son no yeah. actually i will mention how i dropped the ball though was that would have been cool yeah yeah i got i don't know why i got state i got uh not stage freight i got uh very indecisive in front of their beer fridge in the brewery and i saw one that jumped out at me immediately and maybe now i just realized why i was hesitant because it was a big imperial stout yeah and last recording we had a big imperial stout and you and went down a little bit of a dark path. That night did not end well. <laughs> uh, so maybe that was in the back of my head, even though I just realized it now. Anyway, this one was called um, The Quack of Dawn. And it was I a, like that name so much. a French toast donut imperial milk stout that they called a dough collaboration with Quack Quack. Or not Quack Quack. Duck um, Donuts. Duck Donuts. Yeah. So that would be pretty cool. That would have been cool. But I didn't get it, so maybe next time. I'm glad you brought up my my gloominess. Uh, Winter blues, as I like to call it, um, brings me to the music. I was having some winter blues. So you know what I did? Put on... Brothers? No. That would have been funny, though. Uh, No, I went to some music that makes me feel good, and that's some 80s pop rock, Philly style, the Hooters. Ah, went on a nice Hooters binge. Um, That's fun. Yeah, that's just super fun pop rock like <laughs> great great riffs hooks lear everything's just so fun yeah so fun um if you've never heard of them they're a big deal in the 80s they're still a big deal in germany like in europe and stuff um they got their big break at live aid they uh, opened the show up before you know that big monster festival at jfk stadium that like simulcasted from wembley you know huge freaking deal live aid they opened it um like I said, really good pop rock, and if you're ever feeling down, I suggest you throw their stuff on. It's it's uplifting, that's for sure. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I dig that very much. Though. Yeah, first record, Nervous Nights. Second record, Zigzag. Holy smokes! It's been a while since I've get, given them a spin, but mm. get I into it. it. Get into it. Satellites, the third record, I think it's called. That one's awesome. That one's a little different. It's still poppy, but it's more. It's got more of a serious tone to it. Hmm. How about you? Music West? Yeah, anything? Anything well, new actually, strike your fancy? That brings me to uh well I have you here. Oh. Just want to run something by you. Ask you a question. Shoot. Um, I know, I believe the audience is getting to know that you're a uh punk rock fella. Yeah. A headbanging heavy metal fella. Oh yeah. Some rock you're, and roll. Yeah, you're pop a, rocking. You're a beeping fella. Oh God, it's so annoying that this Vinny's diabetes apparatus is malfunctioning yet again. No, it's not malfunctioning. Well, it's, it's expiring. Yeah, expiring. Time to put a new one on. Anyway, uh, what's some other music genres that you dabble in that might go against your normal? Um, wow, that's a really good question. Um, because I have really interesting answers that people would not if you didn't know me. Yeah, get into it. I, I, well, I what mean, are those genres, and like what brings you to listening to them occasionally, or going outside of your normal punk rock? I, I just love music personally. Um, there's something I took that Henry Rollins had said back in the day uh, when he was asked about new wave punk. 
And if, you know, a lot of the punk rockers are becoming new wave bands. And I think people were expecting him to kind of like shit all over it. And he was like, no, it's good. It's like, you have to evolve. Like, yeah, you did punk rock. That's great. Now, what else can you do? Um, so I've always had, I mean, I was brought up in like a weird household with just music. Anywho, um, weirdly, I love hip hop. With, uh, mostly anything from like the 80, late 80s to like the early 2000s. After that, I get kind of lost. I don't really know what happened after like 05. Um, trip hop. Love me some like Portishead and Sneaker Pimps. Uh, cunt. It's, it's not my real house. Yeah, I love it. Um, country before like 1983. Old Can't outlaw stuff. Can't touch any of it. Um, man, what else? Surf. Love surf music. Shit. I mean, I go, I just love music. I think the only thing I can't stomach is like, I don't get new hip hop. I don't think it's bad per se. I just don't get it. Um, new, like they call it cock country rock, that kind of thing. Like, I even know that's a thing. Yeah. You know, like get in my truck and go drink some beers and ride a horse. And they're all the same song. All country. Well, not old country. Old country was badass. Um, that, you know, what else do I dig? I mean, I could go on and on about hmm. music. All right. I like it. Yeah, you should. I already knew that about you. But I know. That was weird that you asked then. Yeah, you know, just trying to. You just wanted me to admit to certain things, didn't you? No. We, uh, I mean, the food questions are my go-to. Um, then, you know, just let me run something by you. Talk about music a little bit. You're, uh, you're pretty stuck in your ways. You're. See, uh, well, that, so. I am not actually. I mean, I'm I'm pretty consistent. Metal, punk, um, Ooh, '90s dance music, love it. The oh, '90s dance music, yeah. '80s dance music, yeah, yeah. '80s pop. Yeah, I was asking you about NXS today. You said you weren't really into them, but yeah. But um, what else am I into? Um, I'm very much into synth instrumental music, which yeah, leads well, Carpenter. Me, yeah, leads me to listening to a lot of scores. Just just movie scores in general, I love. Like, I have no problem. Um, before, I would just pop on the uh, YouTube and listen to movie scores. But now that I've been doing the, the whole vinyl thing, I've been collecting a lot of scores through that. I also have very different music that I enjoy while I'm cooking. And oh. I'm cooking a lot. But I really dig blues, some funk. Mm. Um, i getting into that. Yeah, I like funk. Well, not been getting into it. Funk's I always good. have, but... Uh, especially blues, blues and jazz. Yeah. It's funny you brought that up. So scores, uh, if we could just jump into what we've watched lately, if I could do that, unless you had anything else to say on the music subject. I do not. Well, I watched Southbound last night, finally. We had talked about that on the, um, uh, what episode was that we talked about it? It's about Southbound? Yeah. Anthologies. Oh, right, the anthology episode, duh. Um, the score on that was really good. I liked that a lot. Um, it kind of had like that, like an '80s thing going on, but contemporary. It was really good. I liked it a lot. That one's not fresh in my head for the score. Yeah. Was it like? It was kind of like, well, like you said, like like moderny, but it had some synth work. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. I liked it. Um, and then I finished up my Dolomite series, and that's there's a lot of funk music going on in that. But I watched Petey Wheatstraw and the Disco Godfather. That was fun. And then my 
Shout Factory bounty showed up yesterday. Oh my god! Yeah, I forgot to talk about that. Like, I'm so. I got no shipping notification. Nothing. And I've been coming. checking. Patience, brother. It's like uh, when you were waiting for a text from a girl, but I'm just waiting for an email from Shout Factory saying I'm, my. I'm always waiting for a text from a girl. <laughs> You've at least got your Blu-rays. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Actually, I guess at least I know the text is coming. I just don't know when. That doesn't normally happen. When, <laughs> um, what the hell were you talking about? Uh, you're being sad that you didn't get your Blu-rays yet. Yeah. But what were you talking about? That led to Movies that? I watched. Okay. How about you? What have you watched? I watched a couple things. Um, one, not horror at all, but quite horrific. And I know you won't watch it. And it hurts me because anything modern. But Greenland, have you heard of this one? Yeah, I have. Quite good. Yeah. Um, I still fully intend on doing a natural disaster, end of the world type episode, and this is going to be pretty high on there. Gerard Butler, end of the world movie. They change it up a little bit. Instead of going asteroid coming at Earth to destroy everything, it's a comet, which changes things up a little bit because comets are a collection of of rocks of all different sizes moving much faster. So what's going on is it comes out of nowhere. They had no idea it was coming. They have no idea what the trajectory is. They have no idea how close it was going to come to Earth. Then they realize it's going to hit Earth, but it's hitting in all different areas of the Earth, all different sizes of rocks. You got little tiny ones just like hitting cars and blowing it up. You have larger ones that are wiping out whole cities. And then the big boy that's going to be the Earth killer is on its way. Mm. The horrific part about this movie is... It's been done before in these types of movies, but they really nailed it with like the intensity of the human reaction to something like this, where people just lose their minds. Yeah, I can imagine. And becomes totally only caring about their own survival, selfish. Yeah, it goes goes turning on each other. There's a great Twilight Zone episode like that. Yeah, there is. Um, And this movie got dark. Like it was. Me and Steph were like on the edge of our seat, but not because it was like exciting, because it was like, oh my God, like yeah. what the hell's going to happen next? This is awful. Anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, very, very well done. And flew under the radar. Like, I didn't even know about it until it was like out on Redbox. I, yeah, I, I, I can't believe you're still Redboxing. Oh, I love Redboxing. I intend, uh, I mean, I get, think it intended on being a uh, theatrical release, obviously, because it, the, you know, these kind of movies need a lot of CGI, but the CGI was good. Like, it didn't look cheesy or cheaply made it was yeah, all around good watch you said gerard butler i kind of figured it was probably not so great no nah, i mean it was it was what happened to that guy his projection was so good and then it just like came crumbling down he was phenomenal in den of thieves all right fair enough i just remember when he was supposed to be like the next big shit action star yeah and then nothing. i mean really when a movie on. like 300 is what makes you I, get, I mean, he was go. good in Law Abiding Citizen. Yeah, Law Abiding Citizen. Yeah, yeah, that sure. one's depressing too. Like, like he's yeah. he's like a real life Batman in that movie. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, three hundred is what what made him. Well, like, right. When it, when it's something like that, like how nah. I don't know. I don't know. But I recommend Greenland. It'll. Cool. I mean, when we do do that that list in that episode, you're gonna have to watch it. But uh, yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes three days to get a list together is not enough. We've been better about planning. I know. Actually, we've been worse, but that's neither here nor there. Um, 
actual horror that I watched, the Wrong Turn remake, reboot, whatever they we want, talked we're about it. that already, or we brought it up. I heard it wasn't so great. Right. So here's the thing, and this is why it's probably getting labeled as not so great. And it really didn't distract the hell out of me, and I probably wasn't appreciating the movie. It's not. It's not a wrong turn movie. Gotcha. It's very misleading. Now, you can take what the phrase wrong turn means, and like, all right, I guess it's a wrong turn movie, but like what everybody knows about that franchise, and if they have stuck th- through it through the five or six other installments of what that franchise is, then you watch this, you're like, what, what, what the hell? Like, this, is, this is not wrong turn. Mm, understand. Now, did you see, I think it was today, um, the bloody disgusting homepage of news articles, they actually mentioned this, I guess, because people were graping about it. Did you see what I'm talking about? No, I didn't. It's like their cover editorial cover story. Yeah, it just dropped three hours ago. Uh, that's why. Wrong turn and the case for franchise rebo- reboots freeing themselves in the past. So I guess this is an ongoing hmm. discussion and gripe. So completely not anything like the other wrong turn movies. It was good, but just since I was going in expecting a wrong turn movie, it was like distracting. I get you. Um, the whole thing is it's kids going out into the wilderness, the Appalachian. Um, they go off the trail and get lost, but instead of cannibalistic humanoids picking them off one by one and being super violent, they stumble upon a tribe, for lack of a better term, that's been living out there in this mountain mm. for so years like the, and years. The hills and years. have eyes, basically. Well, but like they're not like humanoid. Like they, you can tell, like they purposely casted some of these people to be like a little bit. There's like some um, inbreeding going on, mm. but they're like a successful community living out there surviving completely on their own it gets there's political overtones they're like oh like we don't want to be like the rest of america and we're living out here and taking care of ourselves we don't need everybody else and all your cell phones and all that you know um but it kind of turns it so that the kids were bad guys so they put them on trial Hmm. and they're like barbaric it's so different it was interesting the end was kind of cool. Like, I would definitely recommend it, but just don't go in thinking you're getting a wrong term movie because that's gotcha. not what it is. Um, I, I'm glad you said that. So, I have a gripe with myself. Really, I watched Psychomania last night. I always get sucked into watching these like '60s psychedelic British thriller slash horror movies. And I always have such high hopes for some reason. They always have cool names and like cool premises. But it's like such a swerve. You put the movie on and it's never what you think it's going to be. Most of the time it doesn't make any sense. There'll be like 20 minute music interludes where nothing happens. And then they just kind of end. And it sucks. They all have really cool names like Psychomania and Horror Hospital. And I just, I, I get so bitter when I'm like, that movie made no sense. And it was like boring and not good. And I just... I can't. It's the name. Hmm. It's just like a good name will do that. And it was on Shutter, so like I was like, oh, I haven't seen Psychomania. Like, there's another one. It's not British, but it's um, Werewolves on Wheels. Sucks. It's like the same time era, like early '70s or so. And it's like, oh, it's gonna be werewolves on motorcycles. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> uh, titles were very could be very misleading back then. Yeah. And they like they would it would be like it, it was a, I guess it was a way to get people to 
not necessarily go to the theater, but maybe it was like one of the 70s VHS wasn't. No, it's just like uh, I was thinking. Like, I was thinking like the video stores. Like, oh, they see the box art. They see the box art and uh, the title. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll check this yeah. out. I don't know. I just was mad at myself for even wasting the time. Shaggy hair and tight pants. First. <laughs> well, right. I got some news too. Man, we're yeah, on a, we're some, on a roll. There's some news yeah. to go around tonight. Today, today was a day. Um, I'm going to start with what kind of excited me the most. The I had mentioned it way back on God knows what episode that they uncovered this George Romero lost film he made about ageism called The Amusement Park. Well, it was announced today that Shudder acquired it, and they're going to be putting it on their network, so that's very exciting. It's not going to be hard to find or anything like that. So that's really cool. For I wonder me. if they're going to partner up. Like Shudder's never partnered up. Uh, or have they with uh, one of our cool production companies or Blu-ray companies to release a hard copy? Mm, they may have. I'm not sure. I feel like they should have to release, release a cool special edition hard copy of that. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I wonder what the cut's going to be like if it was Lost. <sighs> you never know. I mean, look, Lost doesn't necessarily mean it's shit. It just means they didn't know where it was for quite a long time. Yeah. I mean, that's how Garage House is. Like, that's most of their movies and stuff. I mean, I got two Andy Milligan movies. That they straight up didn't even know existed, right? Because he made them. You know, they they used to make these movies. They were like, "Yeah, we'll show them in the the grindhouse," and then that that's it. We have no more use for this, so whatever. Uh, and then Netflix coming through proper with my man Alexander Aha. They're gonna be releasing his new movie Oxygen, which is supposed to be like Buried meets Twenty Eight Days Later. So Buried meets Twenty Eight Days yeah, Later. Very promising. Interesting. Yeah. Look, he's the man. I love AHA. I'm yeah, behind that. Same, same. Now, do you know what I don't love? Movie news that isn't worth mentioning. Zack Snyder doing another zombie movie. It's called, like, Zombie Kingdom. I, I have no what clue. Th- you know what I'm talking about? The one with Batista in it? Is he in it? I, I think know. so. I think I know what you're talking about. Um, Yeah, I mean, look. Um, What's the last zombie movie he did? Dawn of the Dead? Yeah. Yeah, so it's not like it's he did one yesterday. It's Well I think this one's more on the action side too. I think it's less like um I'm horror really, I'm not really interested in seeing it. Alright, fine. <laughs> Don't watch it. I wouldn't even tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um Something you just said reminded me of news I want to mention. I forget what you, what it was. I don't know. I just keep eating my mustache hair. So. What were we talking about? Alex Aha. Alex Aha. Romero. Yeah, Alex Aha. Netflix. Buried 28 it? Days Later. All right. Amazon picking me up. Okay. What just happened? I don't know, but... Uh, <laughs> Apparently you said it's Alexa. It's Club Killer Pod from Outer Space now. That was weird. What that was, was she awesome. even playing? I don't know. I don't know. You, I don't know. Some kind of dance. I like dance it. music. Yeah. Huh. All right. That was cool. <laughs> She's possessed. Well, I'm going to go into my last bit of news, which yeah. is big news because Joe Bob has been taking over the headlines lately. Uh, season three of The Last Drive-In begins April 16th. Hell yeah. Very exciting. Uh, probably the only reason I made it through most of the original quarantine because I knew every Friday night I had that to look forward to. Yeah, I mean that was a big, that was a that big was deal. Big. It yeah. was big. It was the, really the only thing to look forward to. Yeah, legit. We were just like stuck in. Yeah, working all week. Then I'm like, oh, you, Joe Bob Friday. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. And 
but exciting. Um, be interesting to see how long they make the season again, and then what if they're going to bring in new movies. Because someone was asking me about the um, the holiday stuff, and they were like, "Yeah, I noticed it's just like usually stuff that they already have on Shutter." And I said, "Yeah, that's probably because it's just like the holiday thing was almost more just to like get your fill of Joe Bob, whereas the seasons are more like they introduce new movies to the the service and stuff." So it'll be interesting to see what they bring in and premiere on there. I'm sure they have stuff up their sleeve, especially because like you were just talking about how they're they're upping their rates. Like I I trust them to do that because they're already doing cool stuff. If they need a little bit more money from us as viewers to keep doing cool stuff and more cool stuff, doesn't bother me. Yeah, just up. Uh, they raise it ten dollars for the year. Not a big deal. Uh, it just seems like a lot. Raise it by ten dollars. Yeah, raise it by. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at what they're acquiring and doing original series and stuff it you know you know where it's going that's what's nice netflix i feel like i don't know sometimes it's a raw deal because they're uh, you know shutter is for the community netflix is for everyone so you know if netflix isn't putting out stuff that you necessarily care about you feel like eh, hell am i paying my whatever it costs for i would dig i suppose they haven't done it like a sci-fi version of shutter with lots of exclusive content. I bet you there's something out there. Mm. Not like shut, not to like the caliber. Not, of yeah, Shutter. probably not the caliber, but I mean, but like sure that'd, be, that'd be super cool. Some sci-fi streaming network. All kinds of like oddball I, and old stuff, but I also almost originals. Subscribe to BritBox strictly for Red Dwarf. Yeah, I love Red Dwarf. Yeah, and there's so much of it to watch. Yeah, it, like I was like five. I bucks forgot about that actually. Yeah. It comes on uh, Pluto every once in a while hmm. on like the classic comedy channel. Or I think there's their classic comedy, and I think they have a Britcom channel, and it pops on there, too. Interesting. Great show. If you haven't seen Red Dwarf, go watch that real fast. They just talk about a show. <laughs> the endings, it just ends. There's no endings to the episodes. It's just like something happens, credits, song plays. You're like, oh, all right, that one's done. Next episode. <laughs> I love it. Love it. You got any news? Do you remember what you were thinking about? No, nah, and it's going to drive me crazy because it well, was good. If you think about it in the middle of the show, just blurt it out. Ain't no hurry. I got to start like carrying a notepad in my pocket or something. You need, yeah, like a little book in your back pocket. Or you need a, like a little tape recorder you can record voice messages into called your phone. I wouldn't know how to do that. It literally is a thing called voice recording. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Actually, I should probably use it too, to be honest. Then you got to save it somewhere. and It saves right it. there. <laughs> Saves into the iPhone. Intelligent God, I remember phone. What it, was. it was someone that directed something and directing something <laughs> oh, new. Very, very specific. <laughs> All right. Look, um, let them know what we're talking about tonight now. What? Our, our list? Yeah. Well, hold on. Whoa, he's got more. Oh, he's the shape. The shape. Yes. Oh, my bad. Taking shape. I have forgotten about that every time. I'm glad you're so interested in it. I am interested in it. I just keep forgetting that it's part of the uh, so thing now. Do we need to use this? Start shooting people. What? Don't shoot me. Shoot them with <laughs> it. Uh, Halloween 3, I surprisingly don't have much. You know, whoa, that came back and hit me. <laughs> um, that just arrived for me in my Blu-rays, so that's nice. Like, did Tom Atkins just bang everyone on there set? There was no Tom Atkins information. What? Yeah. That's a Nothing. bummer. I would complain. I'd want a money back. Um, 
the only thing I had for it was there was a lot of mainly what this book's been teaching me is how much on set and pre-production drama has been with all these. Oh, I'm sure they were. It's all... just been like a disaster to me. I mean, they're mostly low budget, so. So, um, let me pull up his IMDb. The original writer, Nigel Nigel Neal, British film writer, um, has done nothing that I've heard of all 1950s and 60s, but was a huge pain in the ass, it sounds like. Very negative dude. Big old dick hole to from what he sounds like, wrote the original script, and it was essentially not a horror movie. It was ba- it, They were doing the whole premise with the mass and everything and how it wasn't going to be driven by Michael, but it was, like, spooky at best. <laughs> but definitely, like, a 1950s type Like a William Castle. Movie. Yeah, yeah. 13 Ghosts or something. Um, so when he turned it in, John Carpenter was involved. And, um, how's his name? Tommy Lee Wallace, the director, they tore it apart. And then this dude, like, went on, like, a rampage with the media, just talking shit on John Carpenter, Tommy Lee Wallace, talking down on horror directors and horror movies. And that was basically the big, the big thing about the Halloween 3 chapter of the book. Halloween 4 was interesting. Because I don't know if you knew this. At, at that point, I thought Carpenter was just completely out on the franchise. He was still involved and was going to write the movie. And way, way early in pre-production, he was going to write Halloween 4. He was going to come back for the fourth one. Um, I'm guessing because of, well, no, he wouldn't have needed money. I, I, I'm surprised he would have come back for 4, right? Like, doesn't seem like him. No, nah, yeah, that deep, no. Yeah, so he was going to come back. Maybe he wanted to, because he was so unhappy with what he did for Halloween 2, he wanted to redeem himself. Uh, Maybe. Who knows? So what he wrote was a little bit similar to what H2O became. It was going to fast forward to Laurie Strode being in college and going away to college and staying in the dorms and Michael returning and wreaking havoc through a college campus. Hmm. Killing Coeds. All right, it's a good Blink One Eighty Two cool. song. What? Killing going Coeds. College. Oh, going away to college. Killing Coeds. That sounds like a cancer slug song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he didn't have him signed on yet, obviously, because it was too early in pre-production. But Joe Dante was going to direct. Uh, I love me some Joe Dante. So that would have been cool. Hmm. Carpenter presents the script. Studio tears it apart. Um, what's his name? The producer that took over at this point. Um, Ahmed. You know what I'm talking about? It always says his name. Mustafa. Mustafa. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he hated it. Tore it apart. And then at that point, Carpenter was like, all right, well, if you guys are going to let me do what I want to do, I'm out. And that's where it became. Mustafa Akkad. That's where it became. Yes. Mustafa Akkad. That's where it became the Halloween 4 that we know. Hmm. Interesting. We should have, and I know it would have been a another stain on the producer's life, but we should have just took your book and both read it and then did chapter by chapter as a podcast. We should do that with something. Hmm. Killer Pod Book Club or some shit. Okay. 
We'll get there. Not read the chapters out loud into the microphone. Yeah, we'll read the book. We'll read a chapter, then we'll talk about it on a show. And then maybe people will actually interact with us on social media and be like, wasn't it crazy that Tom Atkins didn't even get mentioned? Yeah. Halloween 3. Like, Jesus. Um, Well, so the sequel book, Thinking Shape 2, I'm even more interested. So that's the ones, all, all the ideas and scripts and stories never made it to the yeah. screen. Maybe we'll do it with that. So Halloween 4, after they got rid of, or rather Carpenter exited, Mustafa Khan and the team sort of did an open audition, just opened it up to the public, submit your scripts and your ideas and your stories. Jeez. And they got like hundreds, obviously. Yeah, I'm sure. So I'm sure there's a good bit about all what kind of weird shit they got <laughs> from people in that, in that book. Bunch of weirdos out there. Yeah. All right. List time? Yeah, let them know. Tell them, tell them. I had a good idea for the name of this episode, and I lost it, so hopefully it'll come back to me. Our memories are the worst. Yeah. Yours is worse than mine. I know. Yeah. Um, all right, so this week's list. A couple weeks ago, we did uh, what we what we said were the great love stories in horror and ode to Valentine's Day. But now Valentine's Day is behind us, and maybe you didn't have a Valentine. Maybe you're just in a real crappy humdinger of a relationship and just kind of would rather be out of it. Mm. Just uh, maybe you're just miserable in general. Maybe your relationship is functioning, but it's just completely fucked. So instead of great love stories, we're going to do the messiest, nastiest, fucked up couples in horror as our list this evening. And I believe there's some really good ones. Like there's yeah. some, there's some dark, dark movies about relationships that we can get into. And here. knowing it's you and I, I believe we will have some uh, very differing choices here. I feel like this one, there's the line in the sand could be... The strongest yet, because you can go like the goofy, yeah, I mean, funny route, or you can go pretty dark with this one. Yeah, we'll see. All right, we'll see. Um, do you want a top seven, eh? Yeah, I guess we're going seven again. I'm not really in love with this seven concept. Yeah, we, we might gotta, have to we bounce gotta, out of it after this one. Yeah, go back to the ten, but that's just gonna make our topics hard. Because yeah. If I we mean, could get guests that show up, that'd be great. Well, Pete's going to be on. I know. I'm just Next kidding. week. Everyone get ready. We Brother Pete's a, coming on. So you keep saying that Pete's going to be on, and that's no, been but like now it's actually now. scheduled. Oh. <laughs> well, like, so, funny story. What do you mean, oh? Like, you don't know. Tuesday, don't forget. Had a, had a lunch date with uh, what was supposed to be our Aliens episode guest, uh, Connor, and turns out he didn't bitch out. He was in a car accident that day. <laughs> no, no, no. He oh. was out either way. Uh, he was making the point, if I didn't back out, you guys would have been even more disappointed because he got in a car accident and wouldn't have been coming anyway. Uh, Not yeah. a bad car accident, audience. He's completely fine. It was yeah, a fender, great. fender bender. Still the most handsome motherfucker I've ever seen, so good for your sister. God damn, he's hot. Did I say that out loud? Can we cut that out? We still <laughs> need to get him on, though. <laughs> he just needs to, like... Yeah, we'll get him on here. He's, like, up the energy about it. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, I guess I got to do some research. I'm like, yeah, yeah, dude, like, get into it. Let's go. Yeah. If you don't, I mean, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But, I mean, that's the fun. The fun is coming on here and us de- destroying you. No, just kidding. The guest? Well, someone gets I mean, we only do that to vestibule. Yeah. Well, or me. <laughs> <laughs> God, getting beat up by the Markles. Um, up yeah, we got to couple good things coming up lined mm-hmm. up with some gifts uh lyle's working on some stuff the game show episode yeah 
Lyle has some stuff up his sleeve. Him and uh, his partner Mike are, have been working much more than I thought they ever would have. They're putting a lot of brain power behind this. They're coming up with a game show episode. So we'll be doing at least four contestants, if not five, depending on how we can fit in this room and microphone area. And he's coming up with, like, there's some trivia. There's some Jeopardy-type things. There's physical challenges. Oh, my God. There's parts where the group breaks up into teams, and it's going to be intense. I'm going to have to film this. It's going to... He's got um, what he describes as a really sweet prize for the winner. Ooh. And he's got what we have. That was, that that my own conversation with in my brain, or we discuss the loser is eating the last pocket chip. <sighs> That's something in your brain, and holy shit, it's I, happening. I can't lose. You just can't lose. Like, I, it makes the stakes high. I my palms are just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, I threw up. I took down half a gallon of milk or something and puked. Yeah, and it still hurt. Um. Yeah, so that's coming. Pocky chips are no joke, people. And other listen stuff. All right, so tonight, terrible relationships. Top seven. What does the trivia winner get? All right, so a little bit different. We didn't like how everything shook out last week on Keanu. I mean, the list was great, but we didn't like I the the dynamic of you get, if you win trivia, four picks or the number one pick in money in the, money in the bank because you're going to money in the bank the other person and steal their four picks, and have number one. It was just very imbalanced. So, what we're going to do is save money in the banks for special occasions when we have guests. And money in the bank will remain. You take the movie off the list, no questions asked, it's off, and the pick is now yours. Going forward, when it's just me and Jeff, we're going to put an emphasis back on the DQs. Taking it back to the OG. Yeah, so we'll go back to the DQs like we did. In the beginning, um, and you can DQ. It's a free for all now. You can DQ anything. It could be for you think it should be higher on the list. You think it's too high on the list. You think it doesn't fit the list. You just goddamn don't like the movie. But you better have a really good argument for why you're DQing it, and the person that's being DQed better be able to stand strong with their selection and defend against being DQ'd, and then once again, producer, who doesn't probably know anything about the movie we're talking about, based on argument, will make the decision. Probably? <laughs> well, you knew about Point Break and Speed it's, last week. Yeah, I watched some movies. Every once in a while. Yeah. So, um, and then he will decide, based on argument, whether it's going to be DQ'd or not. Which should be huh. fun for us. Could probably cause some heated tension. Maybe this is this is a. I just want to point out to anyone listening. This is an evolution of Vinny. Like I said, he's a very narrow-minded individual. Uh, That's so not it, true. It, it's hard to get ideas over. When we started the show, the DQ was meant to be like that. However, when the DQ came into play, he changed his mind, and it had to be. I did not change my mind. Oh, whatever happened, but it had to be strictly in the terms of it doesn't fit the list. Now we're making it. Like I said, a free for all. It's the the hardcore match of you know the killer pod. Anything goes. Listen, I am uh, not narrow minded, pretty open minded. Other than when it comes to religion, religion has no place anywhere. <laughs> That's it. Hail Satan! <laughs> all right, so let's do this then. So At least you don't have like a flag. Hanging off the back of your car, driving around. Exactly. Like, yeah, we pointed down. them and laughed. Like, what, uh, what are you doing? Uh, 
Um, so we're doing top seven. We're doing trivia. Winner of trivia decides either they want quantity or quality. They're going to get four overall picks, uh, two of which at the bottom of the list, or they're going to get three overall picks but get that uh, much desired, depending on the list, number one. Mm-hmm. All right. Dr. Love, lay the trivia down. You got a bright light over there. Oh, okay? yeah, it got real bright. Sorry, it's, I, it's nice. I'm messing with stuff. So I'm taking some pictures. Every week there's new toys. In taking this pictures place. of what? I'm taking a picture of oh, something, a in, your, something in your lap. He's having a photo shoot. All right, so going to change it up a little bit on you folks tonight. Multiple choice? Uh, no multiple choice. Fight to the death. But it's going to be a quote. True or false? You have to. It's a quote. you got to identify where the quote, what movie the quote comes from. Oh. You ready? Okay. All right. So this quote is, congratulations, you are still alive. Most people are so ungrateful to be alive. So. But not you. Damn. Not anymore. Jeff is correct. What does that have to do with fucked up? Co- uh, yeah, you know what? It does, actually. Well, I, th- I think you were going horror, right? Horror. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I tried to. So when you told me, like, love or romance, they really don't have trivia based on love or romance. Yeah. So I'd have to, like, yeah, yeah. research I was movies, thinking, so. Jig- That's not fair. I, like, Saw so much Jigsaw more Jigsaw and Shawnee Smith have, like, a fucked up relationship in that. You don't even like Saw. I don't know. I thought. I love Saw. Saw is the law. One and two. Anything after that? Three. Up in the air. Yeah, five. I, th- I think three. Five's good. What's five? Is that with the ice blocks? I just like five because, or is it four, where Jigsaw gets all angry. He's like, killing is distasteful I don't know. Once the guy from Gilmore got, Girls died, I was pretty much out of it. That was five. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was done with it at that point. Because I was like, that's the guy right there. That's the guy. I don't even know his name. <laughs> you excited for Spiral? Chris Rock? I forgot all about it, to be yeah. honest with you. It's uh, still on its way at all some right. point. Well, I guess I get a choice here, huh? Mm-hmm. Quantity or quality? Um, Give me quality. Fuck. You're going number one? I'm taking that number one. You're a real bastard. I feel like I got a good one. Um, So what's that mean? You're picking first? Yeah, I'm not really prepared for that because I couldn't decide what to do. No, you're picking second. I'm sorry. We're doing seven, right? Yeah. So I'm going. All right. So all right. So if you're going quality, then I'm getting the seven, the six, the four, and the two. You're getting the five, the three, and the one. Right. Okay. All right. <sighs> numbers are, are so you sure b- about that? I'm so bad at yeah. freaking numbers in my head. It's absurd. That's what we did last week with the the old seven list. I literally had to make seventeen of something. Yeah, like the other day. What What do you think I did? Did you do 20? No, 14. <laughs> and I was totally like, that's it. Did it all. Then when I finally like had to use it, I was like, don't have enough. Shit. <laughs> Numbers in my head does not work. All right, buddy, let's go. Hold on, I'm You're supposed to... to be ready to rock and roll, writing it on I'm the not, card, ziplining it over. I don't even have cards. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. What Dead. were you doing over there for the last five minutes? He was looking at dirty pictures on that computer. Just pigs rolling around in mud. Filthy. <laughs> we should switch it to what's up there so that way we can we see what he's doing on the computer. Un- the Sixers are on, unfortunately. I need yeah, to watch we're not, that. We're not turning Is that the a Sixers number five? Well, if you're was it a Roman numeral? Was it a if you're going to ruin the pick. All right. Jeff's. No, Vinny. it's Vinny. Whoops. This <laughs> <laughs> one's just going off the rails. Vinny's number seven pick. 
Halloween 5. All right. You know why? Why? Because... I know, uh, I, I know what you're doing, but go. Why? <laughs> Tina and Mikey. I know. I was pretending I now did. Now, here's the problem. Bad relationship. Terrible relationship. They are not healthy. Nope. He's a big old dickhole. Oh, the biggest dickhole. He cares to everybody. More, he cares more about his car than her. And he's just a dick to everybody, and he treats her like shit. No doubt. Michael Myers treated her better That's true. than he did. That's very true. I didn't even think about it. Like yeah, that. when he was driving the car. Yeah. Now, he kept, like, driving off on her, but who, who knows what kind of awful shit that he would have done. Now, and here's the biggest problem. I'm a very big Tina fan. She's yeah. a sweetheart. She's a hottie. And she did not deserve to be treated like shit. No. She, tra- she treated hi- him well. It's the bad boy syndrome. I know. Which is a terrible... Is that real? Is that a trope? I don't know. I mean, I've I mean, always definitely considered a myself a bit of a good guy, and I'm not getting Tina's all the time. So Actually, I don't know why this pops in my head. I just saw... It was probably a clickbait, but, you know, when you're, like, <laughs> scrolling the internet, like, I have my... Uh, Couple things that I scroll every day: Instagram and Google News. Google News. There's a lot of crap. There's a lot of helpful things that get me, that make me keep me informed. But one thing that would did not look good. Apparently, in today's youth, there they have some kind of. I didn't click to read the article, but there's some kind of nickname, mean nickname they have for guys that are nice to girls, and guys and girls are teasing and bullying guys for this reason. In today's youth. What are they calling them? I didn't read the article. I just yeah. kept scrolling. What's wrong with being nice? Yeah. It's like a or bu- like, how like about a, just fucking respectful? It's a bullying thing now. They yeah, tease bullshit. boys that are nice to girls. <laughs> anyway. Um, number seven on my list. It's uh, it's low for a reason. It's not anything. This relationship in this movie, or the movie's great, but the relationship in this movie is not earth-shattering as far as being super dark and super... Destructive and awful, but yeah. it was a bad relationship nonetheless, and I don't appreciate Tina's boyfriend treating her like that. Because yeah, um, but she deserves better. It's crazy because, like, when you think about it, so when Michael Myers is attacking his car and like scratching it with the thing, he's legit going to murder him, Mikey. Like, he's ready to like. It didn't matter if that was Michael Myers or some dude. Like, he gets out of the car with intent to like kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fucked up, dude. You're, it's a car. Relax. Relax. I mean, he was worse, <laughs> he was worse than just that. So bad. But I'm saying, I'm just so bad. <laughs> should, you should have known by the John Lennon glasses and the leather jacket that he was a bad boy. All right. You're up again there, fellow. You are struggling tonight, aren't you? No, I'm just trying to make decisions, you know. I I don't know. Bad making decisions. Hmm. I'm just trying to. W- I wonder where you're going to go with this whole list. Oh, this is the other challenge with me going back to back because like I have no feel with where you're going to go. Oh, it's it's going to get real dirty. I have no feel with where you're going to go. I mean, there's some really good ones if you think about it. God, I gotta trim my mustache, dude. It is just all over my mouth. What you're just looking at? Yeah, it's in. It's in the coming in the sides, stragglers on the top. The struggle, man. 
Dr. Love, do not grow a beard. Or do, and just let it go burly, but don't eat your mustache. Especially when there's oil on it. Oh, it's the worst. Smells good. Tastes terrible. (laughs) Vinny's number six pick. Get out. Oh, jumping the gun. I panicked. That's good. No, I'm fine with it. I'm just I don't I don't I ha- mind it. Though. I actually have it higher on my list, but then I got worried. Oh no, I had I wasn't it, gonna uh, make the list. I did it like four. Oh, well five. Five. I did it five. You wanna DQ me? No. I'm good oh, with okay. it there. It's only right. one above. Alright. So get out. I mean this relationship. Hooey. Hooey. This relationship starts out so endearing. So cute. So tightly bonded. And then as the film progresses and you get into the to all the the nitty gritty the nitty gritty and what's being revealed and the climax this relationship is built on hate oh yeah and lies and murder and the, s- the seduction and of colored gentlemen yeah so that they can auction their bodies off to transplant rich white people's brains into correct twilight zone <laughs> where are you um Jordan Peele just knocked it out of the park with this one. Oh my god! I mean, his follow-ups have been good, but like, th- like this is the one. Like he's just nailed it. It was so well done, so well written, so well acted, oh, acted. across yeah. all fronts. Yep. Um, Chris and Rose were awesome, but like the parents, all the supporting cast, um, the comic relief, the comic relief was great. Uh, what was the? I actually just read an article about him. The guy that is um, at the party. Which which guy? The, um, where he's all weird and talking to Chris. The caretaker guy? No, like um, yeah, the caretaker guy. But you can tell like something's wrong with him. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, he, he he's just a little small role, but he acted the shit out of that, and like it was a very intense scene. Um, love this movie and this relationship. Is not good. I mean, once you get to the end, for obvious reasons, but as it's being revealed, the shock you have is like they started out like yeah. Yeah, everything seemed great. Yeah. Um, even before they go to the parents' house, like they're establishing the relationship at like the apartment and how they live together and they're happy. And then um, the oh, the scene where they get pulled over. Yeah. And, and she, she like, like yeah defends them. Yeah. And um, then just to see how cold she gets. Yeah. Oh, it's it's yeah. something. Whew. It's, very, very well done. I uh, It took me a minute to jump on this movie. Um, I think when it has a lot of hype, you have to, uh, for me. Well, it also came out post-1995, so you're usually not <laughs> Post-95, like post-89. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, it took me a while, but god damn when I watched it. I, uh, I did. I equated it. I was like, when people would say, like, oh, how is it? I said, it's like a big episode of The Twilight Zone, but really, really good. Like Twilight Zone has like it's hit or misses like but the ones that hit you always remember and I was like this is like that it's it's super good I mean damn the cast it's one of those casts where like a lot of familiar faces and you're like oh I never would have saw that person doing this kind of role and they all just knock it out of the park especially yeah. the dad being like from Billy Madison and stuff I mean he's done some other stuff obviously but it's always fun to think of him as the dickhead from Billy Madison. <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 but he he did was great in this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's good in the, he has uh, a small the, part in Cabin in the Woods too. The part where, oh uh, yeah, 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 
The part yeah, where he's like establishing that he's not racist, but being totally racist. <laughs> um, I'm totally not racist. I have like black friends. Of course. Um, now, kind of sidebar, off topic. But what did you think about us? I did not see it yet. Okay. Surprise, surprise. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hot and cold in that one. Definitely not nearly as great and polarizing as Get Out for me. I'm excited for his next, his next John though. Right, so that was number six, right? Has he said what his next one's going to be? Nope. I think right now it's just untitled horror movie. But I do dig that he's sticking with horror through and through. Yeah, that's wild. I would have never thought. I thought he was going to do that, like, one genre movie, and that was going to be, because that's how you, like, get in, right, as a director back in the day, especially. Like, you make your horror movie, then you spread your wings, and then he's just like, nah. And it's so awesome that he came from comedy, and good comedy. Yeah. Hey, Jordan Peele is hilarious. I mean, um, um, Key and Peele is hilarious. Oh, yeah. So funny. And I said, I said, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. This is Jeff's pick. Billy and Sydney scream. Oh, deep sigh. I'm like this much higher on my list. Really? Higher than five? Huh? Higher than five. Yeah. Mm. Much. Well, one, I'm surprised it made your list even. Much higher. I always feel like you're above Scream for some reason. Whoa. I feel that from you Back a lot. Back the truck up. I feel like you always. I don't like three. Uh, you're always like, Wes Craven sucks. Nothing he's done's worth it. Whoa. This is Vincent Markle, people. Uh, at this Cinema is, of Hops on Instagram. Destroyed his life. He hates Wes Craven. All false. <laughs> Love Wes. Um, Love Wes very much. Uh, Scream was a groundbreaking film. Absolutely. Would you like to dispute? Ah. <sighs> I'm just trying to think of what my argument would be. It's tough. I mean, I would be... Okay. Well, you go... You you talk about your piece first. Okay. Be scoozy. If you haven't seen Scream, get out from under the rock you're living under. Um, Sort of the get out uh, trendsetter, right? Like, Billy and Sydney, high school couple... You know, Sydney's a young virgin. Billy's the popular dude, almost a little white trashy boyfriend. He's got like the bad boy reputation, yeah, but he he's, comes he's off as sweet. Boy. Yep. Um, you know, the whole movie is like one. It's one of the best whodunits ever. Like the red herrings, a bountiful. Um, it's a great film, but Billy the whole time is you know, is it Billy? Is it not Billy? He's always there. Yeah, I was gonna say because. Even like halfway through the film, yeah. she kind of like she accuses him, accuses them, right. and he's like, "Oh, how could you accuse me of that?" And then she's right. like, "Oh yeah, I'm so sorry." I go, and he's always he always has an answer. He's always yeah. got the the perfect play on where it is. Um, and it's not a abusive relationship by any means, but it's a very he's in her until head. it's revealed. Well, right, but he's in her head. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the big reveal comes, you know, after they finally have sex. You know, like that was that was almost more important than him killing her. Is like, aha! Now I made you. Spoiler alerts: slutty like your mom kind of deal. Yep. Uh, he feels like he got you know double revenge. Um, now the only problem with Scream, well, it's not the problem. It's actually one of the more brilliant things is the two killers. So. With Billy being as great as a character as he is, he can't do it without Stu, right? No. Right. 
yeah, you had you had to have two to pull that off. Right. But that's nothing to do with the relationship. Well, no, I'm there's just... still his whole intention for what he was going to do, and what he th- actually thought of Sydney was a pretty bad toxic oh, relationship. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, that's he, his intentions it's of equiva- killing her. It's, it's equivalently a hate fuck, and then exactly, I'm gonna, and I'm going like to murder the biggest you. hate fuck. Yeah, ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he kidnaps her dad. Yep. Tortures the shit out of him. He's responsible for the death of her mother. Like, they framed a man for that. This dude is bad news, and he's, like, 18 years old. It, the, yeah. the, the oldest in this. Even though he's clearly, like, 30. <laughs> That's bad news bears for bad you, Mr. News, Powers. Yeah. Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau. Um, there's multiple layers to relationships in Scream. Some are good, some are bad. Like, I mean, you got Stu and his girlfriend, Rose McGowan, in the movie. But they don't get into them too deep. But yeah, you I mean, gotta what was, think. What was their deal? Because but you gotta think like there was something crazy going on there. There had to be. I mean, Stu knew that she was gonna get killed, right? So like so. clearly he's got some shit going on with her. And then, well, he just had a, such a big follower problem and couldn't make a decision on his own. Yeah. And then you got you know, just. What you can only assume really was the relationship between like Sydney's mom and dad, and then, but like it just it's there's layers to relationships in the movie. But the big one, obviously, Billy and Sydney, and you know, hate fucks and murders. Yeah, to the name of my hate next, fuck is the uh, my next punk rock record. <laughs> hate fucks and murders, that'd be yeah, great. I like it. That's good stuff. Um, hate yeah, I mean hate fucks the best way to describe this one. Yeah. Um, it is certainly a toxic, bad relationship. All right, let's leave it where it is. Roll with the punches, if All you right. will. That's numero five, though. So that brings you to number four. You all right? So I have four. And you I have, have four two. and two. All right. All right, well, I already have this on my own list as number four, so I'm going to keep it there. Dr. Love, have you been keeping track of the list for recap purposes? Wonderful. Someone's got to do it. I almost bought a whiteboard for us. I legit just remembered now, so (laughs) if we were tossing the cards, we would have been... Actually, I I number my cards. Does he do the same? I put... He does not number them, but Uh, I put a number down on his card, so I got it. I always number No, I got it. I got it. I I got got it. I got you, babes. I can do it. But, uh... When uh, we get our video, you guys need that whiteboard so people can keep along. Can oh, yeah, for sure. Follow along with wait, us. wait, wait. Sidebar. Sidebar. <laughs> Dropping oh. hints. Off the list. Producer. Yes, sir. Would it be all right if I hung a nice, tasteful, framed, artistic poster of Killer Clowns Matter Space in the studio? Possibly. <laughs> My life's better than no. That's vague. Yeah, better than no. All right. It's like when I used to be like, Mom, can we go to the ball? <laughs> We'll see. Better than no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. More to come on that, people. There may be a cool killer pod from outer space framed artistic poster being hung in the studio. It could be in the bathroom for all we know, but it may be in the studio. (laughs) Hey, something's got to be in there. (laughs) All right. uh, Number four pick. This is Vinny's pick. House on the Haunted Hill. Silence? Uh... Not the 1999. No, I know what you mean. Vincent Price. Not stupid. What number are we at? Four? Yeah. 
I mean, Frederick and Annabelle. How much more toxic can you get than that? I mean, there's plenty more, especially in Vincent Price's case. What do you mean? Toxic relationships? In other movies or in oh, this one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, whoo, like, you remember the this Tinkler. one, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> but this one. I know what it so is. So they're, they're hosting their little dinner party. You think I don't know Vincent Price? And having people over to stay in the house. But on the side, they both hate each other. Oh, I know that. Insult each other. <laughs> talk about how they've tried to kill each other in the past. I mean, like, Vincent Price just very casually uh, yeah, in one this, conversation. It's pretty just, open. This drops, like, you do remember that one time you tried to poison me. Yeah. And, like, I mean, it. it it's, but this is, like, a, on the more of a comedic side of things. It's not, like, super dark. It's meant a little bit for comedy, I believe. But they hate each other and just yeah. constantly insult each other. And you're just like, why are they why are they even together? Because all they do is rip each other, not in a playful kind of way. And then the whole scene where um he grabs her and like from behind and like not really strangles her, but like pulls her head back and um so he's physically abusive. They're both verbally abusive to each other. They both have tried to kill each other. Boy, I don't know. So I'm not going to DQ it because the DQ that I want to use is for the Tingler. And there's two relationships in that movie that are fucked up. Vincent Price and his wife. And he's got one of the most. And he says it with a smile on his face, which makes it even worse. But it's one of the most like heartbreaking. I know my wife cheats on me lines ever. And he says, how come every time I open the d- front door, I hear the back door close? Oh, mm. You know, that's nuts. And he just says it with a smile. And she's like, oh, you're just hearing things. And then the movie theater owner and his blind or his deaf and mute wife. But anywho, um, no, I'll allow it because Vincent Price has a history of bad relationships. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, this one was this is my playful pick. It's fun. Um, their banter is just so, you know, as Frederick's leaving the room, don't let the ghost and the ghouls disturb you, love. Darling, the only ghoul in this house is you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I misquoted it because it's even better. Do you remember the fun we had when you poisoned me? I believe it was something you ate. Yes, arsenic on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's that kind of stuff. Boy, they did just willy-nilly back in the 50s, huh? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, li- I like you. I like the pick. Um, I mean, the, the whole point of him throwing the party for her at the... The house is basically a, a morbid one, so yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's not even really a party for her; it's yeah. just to fuck with people. Hmm. the The scene in the bedroom before is it before all the guests get there, or all, as the guests are arriving? I just I love that whole dialogue with them. Um, it's really what stands in my memory when I'm thinking about this movie. Is what stands out the most whenever I think about this movie, and it's just them. Shitting on each other. Oh, it's a it's a shit fest, that's for sure. The remake, uh, hmm. eh, it's fine. Got to get used to that new microphone. I just punched it real hard, like. Well, it's not on. So here is I like pre uh giving you the precursor to the ones that I think you're gonna DQ. <laughs> um, it is a movie that I always try and bring up. 
Uh, it's like ingrained in my 1994 young Jeff head. And it's so horror, ad- horror adjacent, but perfect. And it fits the category um, pretty damn well. Horror, horror adjacent. Adjacent. And bad relationships. But terrible. Fucked up relationship. I'll tell you right now. Tell you what, right now, if it's sleeping with the enemy, I'm not DQing. No, I'm not a Harrison Ford guy. Not Harrison Ford is not in sleeping with the enemy. Whatever. <laughs> Michael Douglas. No, Julia Roberts. Denzel Washington. Sleeping with the enemy. Gary Busey. Oh. <laughs> Please read number four. This is number three. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> number three. It's Jeff's pick. I'll probably hack the name Top Dollar. And Maya, Micah, Micah. Uh, oh, it's probably pronounced weird. Yeah, Micah, the crow. Oh, so let's start with. They are really in the threesomes. They are super darkly in love, and they share a father. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So they're brother and sister. They are deeply in love with each other. And all they really want to do is murder and burn down the city of Detroit using their gangster uh, posse men. I don't know what you'd call it. A gang, I guess. Is yeah, the gang is probably yeah, the word to use. Probably a gang. Um, it's no secret. I mean, they are like the first interaction with them is they killed a girl having a three-way with her. And they're like super happy about it. Yeah, that's um, got uh, Yeah, I mean, this is obviously not DQ worthy. <laughs> it's it's fucked. It's dark. Pretty um, pretty dark. Pretty horrific and pretty toxic relationship. Yeah. Um, Top Dollar is just supposed to be like the most ruthless gangster in all of Detroit. Um, his sister, who is like half Asian, I guess she's full Asian, but I guess for the purpose of the movie, supposed to be half Asian. Um, she is kind of like, uh, not a fortune teller, but what'd you call that? She's not a psychic. She's not a fortune teller, but she can kind of. I thought she's she like a palm reader. Yeah, she can like see the future. So he's using like her power to make himself more powerful, and um, they're doing it a lot, <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> It's weird. But they're also ruthless as fuck. Mm-hmm. They do not care about anyone or anyone and everybody around them is just a means for them to get more power. And that's their their end goal is just to be powerful. Like on a supernatural level and then like a uh, straight up like gangster level. Like their goal on Devil's Night, which is the night before Halloween, is to set as many fires in the city for no reason other than to set the fires. Like, they just want anarchy. It's nuts. And they bang. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, yeah I, I, don't, <laughs> then, I don't have much to say. And this then, is, uh, this was bang. not on my radar, but this is definitely... That definitely belongs on the list. Oh, so shit. this fell at number three? I was a little... I don't know about number three. It was like a four, but I wanted it on there. I just, I wanted it. Um, Because it's dark. Like, The Crow is one of them movies. I can't stress it enough. I've probably done it a million times on the show. Like, 
It's so dark and gothic, but it's so dark. It's so See, gothic. Normally, I don't know what it is about it, but I hate uh, gothic. I'm not super into gothic either, but this, because it's well, modern. In gothic. film, I hate gothic. Yeah. I, I like gothic art. Um, I know what you mean. Love goth chicks. Like, I would never, what's that Guillermo del Toro movie that's gothic? Like, with um, Tom Hiddleston. Like, I, I had no yeah. interest in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I but just, normally think I'd be behind it, this but the is, crow is, it's, it's a it's whole It's modern, thing. well, not modern, the 90s. Like, it's the 90s would with you call it, the throwback. It's almost like, would you call it gothic noir? That's a good word for it. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I mean, it's one of, it, it's just a super dark movie. I don't know. I mean, a lot of times, like. I've never seen any of the sequels. Uh, they're hit or miss. Okay. They're mostly not good, but, like, they all have their moments. Um, but the the original one especially, it's one of those movies, like, where you take the moments and you take what's happening and you apply more thought to them. It's really, it's, it's really dark. Because it's, it's supposed to be, like, modern day times modern mm-hmm. times right mm-hmm. and like to think it's just like oh shit what's happening and then the, the deeper you know as you it, it's just one of those things like i know a lot of people watch movies and they watch the movie but as you and i are just like i get absorbed into it yeah and like i don't want to use the word cinephile because i feel like it's pretentious but like that's what we do like we watch movies and we just involve ourselves in them yeah and you get to a point where you're like whew, i don't know if i can handle that <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like that pick. Thank That's you. uh, Thank you. it was a curveball. Yeah, like a little curveball. Yeah. Little curveball. Now I'm in a dilemma. Uh oh. Number two pick. Deuce, deuce. I feel like I should squeak in my number one, but do you have the same number one? I'm twirling my mustache. Do I? Well, maybe this is a unique situation where. DQs could be used together. Oh, this is. A I'll classic. make my pick. If it's your number one, obviously just DQ it. No need to argue. I'm like, yeah, I fucking agree. Hmm. And we'll go about our business. All right. Oh. Little uh, <laughs> little mutual DQ. All right. What would that be in wrestling? Where uh, uh, I don't know if we both just rolled out of the ring and took a double count out. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. That's a that's, <laughs> yeah, that a, that's more of an '80s thing, though. I mean. Also, hopefully I don't have to redraft because this is my last card. I mean, I have a whole stack over here. I am the, the holder of cards. This might be the most hostile relationship in movies ever. And already he forgot to number it. Ah. Two. Uh, number two. This is Vinny's pick, The Shining. Ooh, that is my number one. However, my number two may rival it. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's roll with them. Yep. Let's roll with it. All right. I mean, holy shit. <laughs> I do think this is a strong, strong number one. If my number two is your number one, I could see how it could interchange. But this relationship is so bad on so many levels. So it's sad. It's hateful. It's. Uh, Ends in a murder ploy. Like, it's just a mess. My, Alcohol driven. Oh yeah. Uh, infidelity, abuse, physical abuse, yeah. mental abuse. This is fucked. <laughs> My assessment of Jack and Wendy's relationship 
was everything that happened in the hotel has already happened. And then he was like, I'm sorry, baby. Just give me another chance. And she was like, okay. And then he was good for like a year. And now we're back. Aside from maybe the murder part. But like he was definitely beating the shit out of her. Like he was definitely ah, running and around. Obviously the little boy. Cheating on her. Yeah. Getting drunk all the time. And then it was like, oh, I'll change. I'll change. And he did. And then he went to the hotel and it was like, uh-oh. But did he change? Because you can see the signs of the abuse and like his Jack's like motive is only self-driven. All he cares about is himself and his opportunities right in the beginning when he's getting the job at the Overlook. And the guy that's giving the job is like, oh, yeah, I bet your uh, wife and son will love it, too. And like you can see in Jack's face, he's like taking it back in surprise. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll love, they'll love it out there. <laughs> I forgot. Like, like what? <laughs> I forgot I drug my family out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Where's Scatman Carruther? Go take <laughs> care of my kid, guy. Um, oh man, the the verbal abuse, the the fear she must have had because she seemed. Oh well, she was. I, I would say she seemed to genuinely love him, but she was. It's even more sad than that because she was trapped because of the times and everything and. Um. People didn't talk about marital abuse and domestic violence and didn't talk about divorce. So she was trapped, but she found a way to love him anyway. But he hated her, hated the kids. Well, she chalked it up to the booze. She was like, oh, yeah, Yeah, once he stopped drinking, he was fine. Right, right. Um, But how she just tries and tries and tries and he's just he it comes down to it. It's not the booze's fault. It's not the hotel's fault and the ghost, which is the whole premise of the movie. Those ghosts didn't like torture him into the idea of killing. Well, his the family. one led him back to the booze, basically the bartender. But was there any booze at the hotel? Yeah, at the bar, right? I don't think. Do you take it that he was actually drinking, or that is all in his head? I thought he always was. I think it was all in his head. Ah, okay. That bar wouldn't have been there and been stocked. Why not? Booze don't go bad. Only uh, closed yeah, for maybe. a handful of months. I, I always took that as he wasn't drinking. He was. See, I, t- I always took mind. it as like they they brought him to that bar to drink, like okay, because you know maybe he wouldn't he because he's kind of in the scene. He's kind of like wandering by, like oh what's going on, and then the bartender's like hey, what's going on, bub? Whereas you know if you're. <sighs> I'm not saying it's the same situation, but, you know, you're in a place and you wander. You're, you're in somebody's home and you wander by their bar. You're not going to go pour yourself a drink. Right. So, so you're watching this hotel. Well, yeah. the thing is, what really gets me is most people see this movie as like a, oh, it's a, it's a haunted hotel, haunted house story where the, where the husband was driven mad by the hauntings and that's why he killed his family. I don't think so. This dude, again, hated his family. Those ghosts... Only had to give him a very gentle push into convincing him to kill his family brutally. Hmm. Didn't take much. I, never, like, looked, oh, well, I never looked at it that way. Yeah. I always looked at it was as the hotel driving him to do everything. But you're right. There's not a whole lot of, uh, hey, man, go kill your family. <laughs> um, I, I find it to be a very funny part, but also just like it's so demoralizing and mean when Wendy comes running to him about uh, the son's um, what was his bruises whatever his injury and was like I think we need to take him to the hospital 
as soon as possible. And then Jazz, as soon as possible. <laughs> like, it's so, like, mean and just, like, talking down on her and mocking her. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a fucked, fucked, fucked relationship. Yeah, it's not It's not a good one. It, it Like, yeah, you're right. It was never a good one. Like, from the get-go, it wasn't good. And then I always took it as he was a man reformed. And then the hotel just unraveled him mentally. Much more from um, on this point of abusive bad relationship, much more prevalent in the movie than it is the book. Have you read the book? No. And is, there's a sequel as well, right? Do they touch on anything there? Yeah, they they kind of give him a little bit of redemption, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know King wasn't real keen on Kubrick's vision, but... Yeah. Um, Stephen King's weird. In the book, it was, it was much more... Because King was going through it himself. It's much, much more focused on the alcoholism. Yeah. And how it is the alcoholism's fault, potentially. King's always funny to me because he writes these giant books... Now, I've never read a, a Stephen King book front to back, but I always hear his endings are generally weak. So anytime someone makes a movie, he he's 90% of the time he hates the movie. But it's weird because it's like, well, you wrote a good book and then shit the ending up, and this person has to make a movie with basically a, you know, a rewritten version of your book that somebody added a better ending to. Like, I can't like say space spiders. I can't say <laughs> Stephen King shits anything up. I'm look, I mad. Now he does. King. I'm just saying he'll he write, does. He'll write 400 great sometimes pages. Sometimes he, he then, does get. Um, his endings can come across as weak and a little bit of a letdown. But well, it's like you just said. It's 400 pages of a masterpiece, and then when. Something's a little bit of a letdown. You're like, ah, oh, it's more like uh, emphasize. You know, it was, yeah. it, leading up to it was so great, but all of his endings aren't bad. Just I'm just saying, I know somewhere. that's that's the big knock on him. Uh, the only one I tried to read was Pet Cemetery, and I couldn't do it. It's hard. I'm like I said, I'm not a big reader, but I do love that movie. So. Do audiobooks? Eh, I don't know who's reading it. Well, that's, yeah, look for the good. Na- there's some good narrators. I'm sure out there. there is, but I also there's, don't want some celebrity put me narrators asleep. too. Um, you know, I put on Bob Ross because he's got a great voice to put me to sleep. I don't want Bob Ross reading a book to me. I'm the nah, you need, a, you need a good narrator. I want like a uh, like a wild, like Gary Busey reading the book. Like real I don't anime. I think he has to do those. Or like George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> real wild reading the book. These pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> Alright, we're ready. Here it is. Numero uno. All right, number one, Jeff's pick, Julia and Frank in Hellraiser. You're wiping your nose there on your shirt. That's gross. <laughs> um, I spilled beer on my chin. Oh, it happens. Um, huh. Okay, this is not what I expected. Really? It what? is toxic. Ugh, it was considered for my list, but we also spoke about it as a great love story. In the previous episode. That's true. It did get mentioned. It got mentioned pretty high up there. We didn't do a list, but it got mentioned yeah. as one of the best. I mean, it's just so fucked. Like, this guy is a sadist, and she's a masochist, and you can know, you, their whole right. relationship is Maybe just this is a life each question. other up. And Maybe this is a, a soul search. Producer, get involved here. Get ready. 
No, I'm not DQing. I'm, I'm, I'm soul searching here. Can you have a movie and an experience in life that can be on both of these lists? We, t- we mentioned this movie as being a great out-of-the-box love story, but can also be a really damaging, fucked-up, dark relationship. Mm. Yeah, I guess. Great love, but also toxic and not good for you. In this movie's case, I think it can. Yeah, like both. I mean, she's willing to lure gentlemen back to her attic so that she can murder them and he can essentially drink their blood. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the While same not time, not having skin. Yeah, no skin. Skinless, <laughs> no skin. skinless man. Um, while at the same time, like, yeah, because like that's what she likes. She likes the the thrill and the the danger of being with him. Like, he might put a knife to your throat and stick it in the back door, but she wants that. This is the case of two very, very, very. <laughs> Not well people being together. So much that they're trying to open a door from hell, essentially, to be together. Hmm. So it is both. Hmm. Hellraiser might have just broke the mold. And we didn't even know it. It's on both lists. We didn't even know it till right now. But she loved him very much to the point where she did all these things. But it was not a good idea. Oh, no. And then, I mean, if you want to, and then you keep brought going. back Pinhead and yeah. a bunch of centibites because of it. And then in the second one, she does what he did. Yeah. All right. That's that's wild. Double list. It is. It's a, it's crazy. It's not Hall of Fame. Well, because we didn't do a list. I know. But but uh, you know what? God damn it's Well, it would depend how trivia worked out and all that. This very easily could have been number one on that Valentine's list. Yeah. And it could have been a Hall of Famer, and we we didn't give it the opportunity. Yeah, I don't know. That that list was tough because there was a lot of ground to cover. Um, yeah. This one, I mean, there's very particular ones. There's especially, like, some I want to bring up in the, well, one particular that's really just the most toxic of toxic relationships, but it only lasts about five minutes. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> Friday 13th remake? No, no. Oh. That, that, that's something that's just hilarious, though. <laughs> um like, Perfect nipple placement, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you should have saved it. Could have yeah. did it together. Anywho, uh, yeah, Julian Frank, like, holy shit, like, like it's it starts as just like her husband's brother, who is like, I, what? I, he's a Satan worshiper, right? Like, that's the deal, mm-hmm. right? He worships Satan, and she just gets involved in all his like crazy Satan worshiping sexcapades, and then he dies. Basically trying to resurrect. Like, what, what's exactly is he doing when he dies? He's trying to do the box, right? Yeah, he's trying to... Right, so he's trying okay. to, like, raise hell. Right. And then he dies. And then she's so into that that she wants to resurrect him to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's um, some pretty fucked up grounds to build a, re- build a relationship on. Yeah, I mean, like, if I wanted to resurrect a girlfriend, I'd be like, oh, I love you so much, and I miss you, and I miss all the good times. And she's like, nah, I miss when you used to beat the shit out of me, and we would s- put pentagrams on the floor. <laughs> and then you... I mean, that sounds cool, too. Well, it does, actually. But, you know, just whip me with your dog chain some more. 
Horrible. These are horrible people. <laughs> I like this. You, th- you threw some curveballs at me this list. Yeah, I and thought, uh, yeah, I thought I'm not that. mad about them. I, uh, I just hate that I misread you at first. So I had some cool ones to start I guess I, guess it, I should have known you wouldn't have gone as obvious as me. Yeah. Or well, as I don't think anything's ever really obvious with us, but well, we'll get into discards. Is that what yeah. we're doing now? Yeah, go go discard. So I'll give you my first discard, which was from the fuck up, but at the same time, I also thought it was kind of dark. Uh, Adam and Barbara from Beetlejuice. Oh, because like they loved choice. they loved each other legit. They had a great relationship, but soon as they died, they were like, "We need to get these motherfuckers out of our house." And they were both on board with just being like I didn't even think of that. Being spooky and scaring the shit out of people. Yeah. So like well, they still loved each other, but yeah. they just had some fucked up right. things they wanted to do. Right. I mean like to just both be like, nah, it's yeah. our, our house, motherfucker. Like yeah, we need yeah. to get out and if I ah, have to that's a good one. make your shrimp cocktail rip your face off, I will. <laughs> I would have uh, seen that in like the seven or six spot. Yeah, I mean, that's where I had it. It was actually, like, the very first, so whenever 10. All right, so one that I think is a damn shame that didn't make the list at all was my number three, and what I thought was maybe going to be your number one, if I was wrong about The Shining, Rosemary's Baby. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. That's a bad relationship. Oh. Well, when you're selling your wife's womb to a bunch of devil worshipers, yeah, it's a a pretty terrible relationship. Yeah, (laughs) it's pretty bad. And, like... I guess they play a little bit like he feels bad, but like you already did the deed, dude. Yeah, it's done. It's yeah. over. <laughs> you are, you gave up your wife's womb. Wow, that didn't even cross my to mind. To give birth to the devil's child. Oof. It's Oof, rough. Uh, that's rough. That, that's rough. That actually might be a number one. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I thought that's why I thought it was locked in like Oh shit. No, I didn't even that didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. Um like you said, me and you have a lot of different um takes. So like my original, if I had the number seven pick, it was going to be Gib and Trey from Freddy vs. Jason. It only lasts about five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> he is yeah. the worst piece of shit boyfriend. Yeah. This girl is just like your everyday girl. She drinks, she smokes. And this guy's just like, babe, I told you never kiss me after you smoke. What, what's he's what's, the worst. Uh, like they're done fucking, and he's like. Told you not to touch me. I after. Told you not to touch me. After. Oh, it's like, oh Jesus Christ! But she's baby. So if you're gonna him. smoke, at least smoke menthols. Yeah. Oh, what a piece of shit. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, would have been a funny. She, one, why yeah. is she so upset that he gets folded in half? Yeah. I mean, honestly. Like, well, let's uh, just say he's this got bad a, boy he's, thing is he's just got a cute ass. Like, yeah. please, please. This bad boy thing is—is is this real? This what women want? I don't. To be verbally it abused? Can't be. It can't be. No. Nice guys finish the last. The mask. <laughs> Dear Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> what do you else you got? Um lower on the list, but uh I'm sure you haven't seen it. The modern make of the Invisible Man. No. Pretty but good. I kind of would have not I thought about it and then it went out of my head, but Kevin Bacon, Hollow Man. Yeah, but they're already broken up. Yeah, but he loves her so much that he wants to go kill her. Um, The Invisible Man. The original or the new one? The new one. I got to see the new one. Is it on Max yet? It's coming on Max, right? HBO Max? It's on there. Is it? I got to watch it then. I I need to do a rewatch. I really want to watch it. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, And this one, I mean, like, very toxic relationship, very abusive. 
I mean, that's how the original one is too. I mean, yeah. it's not as probably detailed, but it's more. It's much more detailed than this I'm one. Sure. But I mean, verbally abusive, physically abusive, to the point where he fakes his own death and becomes invisible just to torture her a little bit more. Wow. Yeah, that's like it's that's fucked. He pretends to haunt her, and then fucks with her and makes the world think that she's the crazy one and he was the good one the whole time. And then he feel yeah oh, oh man like just all kinds of narcissist <laughs> fucked up shit yeah, that's going what I was on gonna there. Say. That's, that's narcissistic yeah. as fuck. Uh, here's um, here's one narcissism and um, I was still I was still up in the air about it because I always felt like he's a gay man, but Hannibal Lecter and Clarice. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Right, but like I always felt like he was gay. Like he's a gay dude, but he well, for some reason loved her. He had some sort of maybe it wasn't. It a, was a fascination as like a toy, though. Okay. Or but a it's puppet. Still a fucked up but um, Hannibal was gay, or is or is gay. But that's what I mean. Like yeah. he's a, he's a gay man, but like he was in love with this one woman, for maybe not a physical. I don't think he was in love with her. I think it was okay. just fascination. That's why I was I was on the fence about fascination, it. like a little. You think toy bu- or a you dog. think Buffalo Bill uh, loved the people in the hole? He did. Ooh. I want to wear his one. Want to wear your skin? He's one to be lotioned up and ready to be wearing their skin. I love the fucking Joe Dirt spoof of that. <laughs> Puts the lotion on the skin or it gets the hose again. <laughs> hey man, that thing you're doing with the dog—it's coming off a little bit fruity. <laughs> I should have used that. That was one of the quotes I had to choose from tonight. I should have used it. Uh, that'd be too easy, producer. Come on. What else you got? Anything? That's all I have. For this I actually part. have a couple. Oh wait, more. no, I got one more. Um. So it was one that I forgot about to talk about on the Valentine episodes. I feel like it would have been valid. Similar to Hellraiser, uh, Piercing, again, I want to bring up. Yeah, you brought that up. Great love story, but also completely toxic relationship. They're both murderers that are physically abusing each other for enjoyment. Like, they're enjoying it, viciously beating the fuck out of each other. But at the same time, still in the back of their minds, they may- Murdering the other one. Hmm. So that relationship is not going to be able to go on at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I had, You got to watch that movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out eventually. So much to watch. So, so good. Time. Um, and it'll probably get you all boned up. Like, it's it's erotic. <laughs> I'm a man who... As long as you like beating during your eroticism. Oh, eroticism with beatings. Yeah. <laughs> um I had Norman Bates and Mother Bates and Psycho. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that we we kind of covered that in Valentine's. Um, Grant Grant and Starla from Slither. Okay. It feels like he groomed her, right? Like she was a teenager and he was like, he had to be in his 20s at that point or something. And he basically like groomed her, which is like a fucked up term for those who don't know, like older men who take like underage women and make them fall in love with them so that they can be with them when they are of age. Some people call it the Nick Cage. The Nick Cage? Yeah. Really? Is that a thing? Yeah, didn't he marry his like Vietnamese adopted daughter? Nick Cage? Who am I thinking of? Someone did that. Ted Nugent or something. Ted Nugent did that. No, I'm pretty sure Nick Cage did that. Really? Before or after the Presley girl? (laughs) Let me research. Yeah, you're going to need to look that up. Uh, But yeah, so Grant Grant, he's like a groomer, 
but he's like the rich guy in a small town so he's like a prick he's very possessive the whole movie is essentially him not letting her leave like it's a it's just a metaphor for someone trying to get out of a relationship with someone who's abusive and he won't let her go i mean if you haven't seen slither it's pretty much just like a night of the creeps knockoff but very fucking well done uh james gunn one of the best horror comedies of all time in my opinion um but you know his He's like the mother brain, oh. and he controls God. everybody in town, and they all are just like, every time she runs around, it's just him being like, Starla, you can't leave me, and you know, through other people's bodies. It's wild stuff. You you find it? Yeah, I apologize. You better not, apologize to Nicholas Cage right now. Nicky. That's <laughs> terrible. I don't know why I would think he would do that. Like, He's a wild man. but He's a wild know. man, but not that wild. And, I, and like that's an awful, fucked up thing to do that Nick Cage would have no parts of doing. Complete mistake on my part, but and also it's a very famous story that I fucked up. Woody Allen did. Ah, that. yes, Woody Allen. Yeah. So uh, there was a weird loophole back in like the seventies, eighties that rocks. It's so gross to look back on, but I think like Steven Tyler did it, Ted Nugent did it. Basically, if someone was like adopt like your daughter, you couldn't get in trouble for being with them. And so like Ted Nugent, like Steven Tyler, like adopted like young girls and. Yeah, it's weird. That's weird. Look into it on your own time. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. My last one, and I don't have names because I didn't look into it that much. It's just a really wild movie that you should see, and it's got semblances of a what was once an okay relationship that is now a fucked up relationship, uh, The Invitation. Mm. I mean, it's a guy. I'm surprised you've seen that movie. Love that movie. That movie. That movie, I am shocked you've seen that. That was one of the first movies when I saw it in a long time. When Wait, I was the like, one where the, when I was like, "What the fuck's happening? Is he they going go to, crazy?" They go to the ex's yeah dinner party, uh huh, and she's and all po- the the lamps lit. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Well, dude, when those lights when those lamps light up, I, I don't want to spoil it. I, we may have spoiled it before, but like it's the first movie when I watched it. It was like I think I watched it on like a New Year's Eve, four or five years ago, six years ago, but um, it was one of the first movies in a long time when I was like, "Okay, is this happening?" Or is he going crazy? Yeah. And by the end, it's well apparent. When the lamps yeah. of all the neighbors light up, I yeah. was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, Lord. I was surprised you like, I can't figure you out. Um, all these my- years, all these years of brotherhood and best friendship, and I still don't know a goddamn thing I'm about I'm a wild you. one. I, You're a just, wild card. It just depends on what's happening that day. Like I said, like last night I watched Southbound. Or was yeah. it two nights ago? Whatever it was. Uh, I watched Southbound. But then I put on Psychomania. Like, so it's like I go from like 2016 <laughs> to 1969. And it's just like, there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. I just like the old stuff because of the charm and just the, you know, there wasn't, we need to sell this and we need to make this much money. It was just, hey, we're making a movie. Hope you like it. Um, Dr. Love. Being the Dr. Love, do you know of any, any thoughts on this? Relationships that were so toxic that they shouldn't have been relationships? Nah. <laughs> Very insightful. All right. All right. Thanks for chiming <laughs> in, Dr. Love. <laughs> He's like, uh, what's the guy, what's the guy's name in Dodgeball? Um, which which one? The um, the commentator. Steve the Pirate? No, the commentator. Cotton? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Are you ready for the recap? They're, they're going to uh, forfeit here. Let's see how that works out for them. <laughs> Well, recap it is. Wait, 
Do you want to? Well, I mean, we have other stuff. Okay, well, right, he has, Vinny, Vinny has got more this evening. This is a well, wild yeah, one. Let's hold on. We the had recap, a, we the had feedback a, we got was people want to hear the recap at the very end. Yeah, we had some late breaking news. Apparently, um, should we do beer first or my news? Do the beer, All right? And suck them in, All and right. then drop your news. So, the closing beer for tonight, I believe, at first, surprisingly, at first for this show. Uh, Levante Brewing Company out of Westchester, PA. I don't think it's the first. I was going to say, I mean, this I think is we did a, cloudy and cumbersome. So. This is a Southeast PA powerhouse. I mean, these they, guys are up there. They got a whole fucking farm. Well, and I, I just mean with like they're, they're being famous probably East Coast, nationwide. Like, oh, really? They're that big now? They're not distributing, but like they're talked about because their beers are so. Damn I'm just good. saying, when you go to a place and they have a fucking farm, you're like, "Holy yeah. shit!" <laughs> and they, um, from what I've heard, they're bringing in some some people to help with their hop selection and their brews because they think they can get into the same echelon as uh, like Treehouse and stuff. Which wow, Treehouse is a big fucking. I mean, deal. I think I think they they could get in there. I mean, they're. They are on point. Levante I want to raise a question to you, Andrew. We, we talk about this now that you've brought that up. Yeah. Yeah, keep going. I, okay. I'll, I'll talk. We'll talk about it. So, uh, Levante, they're known for cloudy and cumbersome. They're known big time for their tickle parts and all the variations they've done. Tiny tickle parts, death by tickle, um, things like that. But tonight's selection is Nakey Nakey Double IPA. Dipper. It is... Citra, Azaka, Simcoe, and Centennial. Smells delightful. Keep cold, drink fresh. I love when I can't say that. I don't know why. It just like, oh, it says drink cold, drink fresh. I mean, store cold, drink fresh. <laughs> drink cold, drink fresh. Uh, that is fine. That is really fine, as a matter of fact. I How did the, you enjoy the brews when we went there? Yeah, so I had the... You went very basic. Yeah, I had the privilege. I was not in a great place. Um, I had a lot of anxiety that day. But, man, just their setup is overwhelming, especially right now... Um, it's like tense and like kind of come as you may. Yeah. But it's a testament to their following. Yeah. I mean, it was packed. It was cold that day. Very cold. So Levante has a spot um, away from the actual brewery called the Levante Stables, where it's a nice, big, big, wide open green space, barn setup kind of thing going on. And during the warm months, they have your outside fire pits, food trucks. You can go in the barn and grab a beer. COVID, cold months, they have a little tiny tent with space heaters set up, plus a small indoor area. So we were in the tent with space heaters, still freezing our I was butts right, off. I was right under the heater. It felt but pretty good on my top. People they were just out had in no the snow. problem. Like they were all outside sitting in, in, the, in snow, the snow, essentially. Not shoveled, not plat, like yeah. just in the snow. Sitting in the snow, drinking their Levante beers, and not seeming to give a shit. So that is a testament to what this brewery, yeah. like... Yeah. What, they're they're bringing in people and people don't um, care. Good beers, service not so great, but I don't blame them for that. I mean, you're kind of you're, you're getting lost in that kind of atmosphere yeah, I mean, when you, you gotta wander. It's no, tough I'm just right um, Your sister thought I should date the one waitress based on we wear the same hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know that's a very good uh, basis for a relationship. <laughs> um, uh, my question to you was going to be: so a lot of breweries I know have. Their hops bought like a year in advance. Like you'll be a brewery and you will buy, go to a farm and you'll say, hey, I want to buy 
hops or whatever. Because they're in such demand now. Right, right. That can only be... So what's happening with the hops that these breweries that are going out of business? And I, I'm not talking about, like... Um, obviously, bigger ones are, are hanging around, but, like, these smaller breweries that... That's what they're like, we have to buy our hops. We have to get our hops. So what happens to those hops? So breweries that are going out of business, especially right now, weren't anything big from the jump. Right. They're usually smaller spots, because but they can, still have to have that reserve. Mm, but they were, if they're that small and they didn't make it, they probably weren't buying whole flour to begin with. Because you have your whole flour hops... And you have your hop pellets, where the hops are the pellets. Yeah, the pellets are what you get at like the the local homebrew store. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and and commercial breweries use them too. Oh, okay. Um, like for example, I mean, people won't really know what we're talking about, but like Victory Brewing Company swears by pellet hops. Trogues swears by whole flour. I gotcha. Um, pellet hops are a lot easier to get, cheaper to get. There's this pulverized powdered hops. Formed in a pellet version, um, so I, I guess you can you can control, like as the brewer, they can control a little bit better the flavor they're imparting and how they're going to utilize the hops. The whole flower hops, I guess there's some unknown with the flavor that's going to impart and how they're going to use them. Um, producer, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are this, Chatty Kathy over there. I love them. Um. <laughs> Anyway, so it's the bigger craft breweries, and especially the breweries that are hop-heavy, that are like pre-purchasing and putting money down on the hops before they're even grown kind of thing. So the ones that go out of business, like, they didn't really have much stake in the game. Like, they were probably buying pellets as they needed them and maybe finishing brews with whole flour. I got you. I just remember but. going on like a beer tour, uh, like Ocean City, Maryland, o- OC Brewing. And they have like a nice facility. But then like I went out there and the building was like seized and was going up for auction. But during the tour, he was like, yeah, we're, we're we've paid for our like we're on um, this farm's like thing. We have paid for our hop for like the next year. And I was just thinking like, damn, like, well, if they're out of business, they're they just lose that I mean, money. I guess it's good for the hop farmers now. They can resell those hops. Okay. And they should have no problem doing it. All right, fine, good. Um, Give me that breaking news. I'm Come digging on. this. I'm digging this beer. It's good. I enjoy it. Uh, I might have overhyped it. It's not breaking news. Breaking. It's just. Uh, it was just a cool read while I was outside on my cigarette break from the episode. A editorial. I forget the name of the website. Re- it, it doesn't matter. Release the top fifty most stunning, beautiful. Movie theaters in the world. Oh, nice. In the world? In wow. the world. And I want to go check them out. All right. I'm into it. Sounds like a summer vacation. Much more international than I would have expected. Yeah, I imagine there's still a lot of smaller spots. Like, we bitch about how the small places in, like, PA when you're driving through those towns and you see, like, that used to be a movie theater and now it's, like, a grocery store. I'm imagining them places in other countries. I guess I was kind of naive and closed-minded. Like, oh, well, the Colonial's got to be on there. Nah, like, this is oh, much beautiful. more. We're talking about beautiful? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was being naive. These are like big, grand, beautiful movie theaters. I'm sure. A um, lot of international. And, and of course, like New York City, L.A., London, Paris dominates the list. 
But there's some ones we're going to hit, especially in New York City. Uh, we were talking about Austin, but to put it into perspective, Alamo Draft House was number 31 on the list. Okay. Well, I mean, that's not bad. Yeah, but still, like, to think that there's 30 other cooler theaters than that, like, I mean, Alamo Draft House is the bucket list. All right. Now, in L.A., you have the Egyptian, you have the Chinatown Theater, like, they're, like, infamous. I would love to see those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, pretty it's cool. Tinsel Town, dude. That's where the movies are made, you know? Of course they're going to have great theaters. I, I want to go to L.A., but I don't. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll figure the, it out. The movie part, I would love so much. Like, Magnolia Boulevard, seeing these cool theaters, going to see different sets. But, like, the food and the beer scene is so lame and very superficial town watered down and superficial like i just don't i wouldn't care about any of that i just want to go to the fucking rainbow drink where lemmy drank that's all i want to do i told you that well i think austin's in the possibility but you were talking about spring i think we should wait we'll figure it out wait till let's see what happens online. well let's see what happens but i'm not a traveler but i definitely feel like this after this year it's time to jump on a plane and go somewhere and that is not my thing so if i'm saying it everyone else should jump on board spend those stimuli if you no, haven't already. Coming. Is there? That's what my mom said. I don't know. That's what I've heard that too, but I don't pay attention anymore. <laughs> All right, Dr. Love, hit me with that recap. All right. Uh, number seven, Vinny's pick, Halloween 5. Number six, again, Vinny's pick, Get Out. Number five, this one is Jeff's pick, Billy and Sydney and Scream. Number four is Vinny's pick, House on the Hill. Number three uh, was Jeff's pick, Top Dollar and Micah the Crow. Number two was Vinny's pick, The Shining. And finally, at number one, Jeff's pick, Julia and Frank in Hellraiser. Um, we're going to throw back to some old school stuff where you should probably, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram. At KillerPod from Outer huh, Space. Instagram. Who would have thought? Yeah. Myself, Jeff DiBattista, at... Comment. N yes, comment. Uh, I'm going to get there. Myself... I am at NL Cypher, N-L-C-Y-P-H-E-R. Vinny is at Cinema of Hops. Dr. Love at MadChef88. We implore you, any beef, any comments, any love, drop them off at any one of those. We'll bring it up on the show. We'll chat about it. You will be part of our lives. Share the stories. Yeah, let them know. If you don't care about us talking about hop farming, <laughs> just, just <laughs> drop it in the fucking <laughs> comments. <laughs> they care. Damn so, it. So here's the deal. Spoiler alert. Big, big spoiler alert right now. Next week, big guest, the swilling scoundrel himself, Peter Evans, will be here. Shit's going to go so down. Excited, dude. Drinks are going to I miss happen. Brother Pete. I wish he was <sighs> I'm scared. more local. I'm scared. It's crazy. Like In fucking Pennsylvania, you can live an hour and ten minutes from each other. And it might as well be another yeah, goddamn yeah. It might as well be area like, code. Well, I don't want to buy a fucking plane ticket. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ. Um, he's going to come. He's going to raise hell. I can only imagine the shit he's going to have to say to us. He is probably our harshest critic privately. So when he gets public. Well, and and he just like fits with us. So like he, yeah. he's on the same wavelength as us. So yeah. it's going to be uh, a great discussion. He's a good brother. I can't wait for it. But until then, I'm Jeff. He's Vinny. Dr. Love, we love you. Thanks for all your riveting <laughs> comments this evening. Anytime. Love, <laughs> peace, 
and chicken grease. We are out. Daylight come and me won't go home. Also, are you doing Work this? Work all night and a drink a rum. Daylight come and me won't go home. Stack banana till the morning come. Daylight come and me won't go home. Come, Mr. Tallyman, tally me banana. Daylight come and me won't go Tallyman, tally me banana. Daylight come and me one go home. Live six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Daylight come and me one go home. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Daylight come and me one go home. Day is a day. A beautiful bunch, a ripe banana. Hide the deadly black tarantula. Daylight come and we won't go home. 